coming up on this week's episode of RSVP. Celine Dion's in the background and he's massaging his huge hairy Cumberland sausage fingers through my hands. And as soon as the image disappeared, the penny dropped for them and they realised what they had just seen. Dried fish, sheep's brain pâté, chewing tobacco. I think he was just trying to test me to see whether I would break. It's time for a little RSVP, the show full of rants and stories, visions and pains and so much more, with special guests and fun galore, hotels, destinations, nightmares and dreams, confessions and everything in between, so sit back, relax, pour a wine or whiskey, get comfy, cause it's time for RSVP. Hello and welcome to another episode of RSVP. I'm Callum Delietto and this is the podcast for events and travel professionals looking for some inspiration and a lot of fun and creativity. This week's guest is literally a head of creative. It is Simon Baird from Cheerful 21st and he has some incredible ideas but also some fantastic experiences that he shares on this episode. But of course I want you to share too. That is your anonymous confessions. All you have to do is email cit.rsvp at haymarket.com. That's cit.rsvp at haymarket.com. The juicier, the better. And by all means, please don't hold back. The confession in this episode certainly didn't. So sit back, relax and listen to another fantastic episode of RSVP brought to you by Atu France and Paris Convention Bureau. Hi Simon, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of RSVP. How are you? Very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's an absolute pleasure. We caught up at uh, the latest CNIT agency forum, had a good laugh at a drag show, uh, which is a bonding experience that anybody should really go through, I think. Uh, it was an amazing experience. Uh, it was the mashup between Moulin Rouge and Disney's Mulan, and it was just so creative and from a drag show perspective it was one of the best i've seen and i live in brighton so that's it was really outstanding no that's great yeah a brighton review being that positive is 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 definitely one to uh to hold hold high and and also big congratulations as well because you've been recently promoted yeah it's really exciting head of creative is uh is my new title um and i've got the uh the, the pleasure of working with a very creative um uh, team the whole the whole agency is creative all the way through and uh, my responsibility in, in my job now is to nurture and really channel that creative energy uh, throughout the agency. And um, everyone has, you know, brings something to the table. Everyone has a different background, a different skill set, and a lot of a different experience on um, when working on projects. So it's really about trying to uh, hone that creative energy towards something that's going to deliver for our clients and really sort of nail that that client brief, exceed it even. Um, so yeah, it's a really exciting role. I'm really chuffed about it. Um, and it's a really exciting time in the industry right now. There's, there's actually not too much that we can't achieve. You know, technology's really advanced quite a lot and there's opportunities with the metaverse that are, you know, just making anything possible. So it really does come down to um, the creative idea and how we're engaging audiences. So yeah. exciting times. No, I love that. And, and this podcast is all about creativity. So I'm hoping that you'll become a conduit for all that creativity within your team and you'll be able to just 
blurt it out onto this podcast and, and flex that creative muscle. So I'm very excited for your answers. So the first part of RSVP is the R, which is about ranting. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to get on your soapbox and just rant about something in the industry that you feel passionate about. Well, I had a bit of a think about this one. And as you know, I'm quite tall. I'm six foot four, not super tall, but tall enough. And my rant is about bed sheets in hotels. They are always, always too tight. And it's always a struggle to try and get my feet out from the bed sheet. It's, it's almost like a straitjacket for your feet. And it becomes this battle to start every evening, you know, just to try and get into the bed. I'm Do you know what? A that, bit more... That's exactly the same term that I've used recently. I said, I feel like hotel beds are like straight jackets. And I can't believe that someone else has just said it word for word. That is so <laughs> relatable. I mean, and, and, and you know, when you're tired, all you want to do is just get, just get to sleep. And then you have this battle ahead of you. And yeah, so that would be my rant, you know, being tall, like, you know, seats on airplanes and, you know, seats on trains and transport and all that sort of stuff, you just, that's, okay, that's by and by. But this sheet thing it could be easily fixed. Yeah, I, I don't really understand it. I, I get that they're trying to make the, the bed look nicer, but I feel like you can still make a bed look nice without having to tuck it halfway under the mattress. Yeah, I agree. It's absurd. And sometimes it's the it's the, the, the duvet that's tucked in as well. So it's like an extra layer. So, yeah, most times when I'm, when I'm going to, back to the hotel for, a, you know, for a well-deserved shut-eye, I don't, that's the last thing I'm thinking about. It always becomes this bugbear of mine. No more tucking in. No one needs to be tucked in past the age of five. Like that is that is exactly <laughs> true. I'm I'm so behind this rant. Like I'm passionate about this. I've I've never shared a rant so passionately before. This is this is brilliant. Let all hotels listening know, it is the end of the tucking in era. Maybe it's just the sides. I'm okay with the sides, but maybe it's just you know, just we'll do it incrementally. You know, we'll make change incrementally. We'll just do just the sides and leave the just to leave the, the, the bottom of the bed free. Yeah, small small. That steps. way you could go in. You could go in either way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have options. You have options. Um, so the second part of RSVP is is split into three, and it's an opportunity for you to share some of your most memorable experiences. It is the S stories, as it were. The first story I'd like to hear from you is your most memorable destination. So my most memorable destination, the place that I've been to quite a number of times, four times to be exact, is Iceland. I just find it the most remarkable country and so much variation in the landscape and the people and the food and the experiences there. It's just really great. And I've had some really um, special opportunities to to have some experiences in Iceland. I was part of a, a charity with wounded soldiers who were training to do the South Pole. And I managed to um, be part of the team that was helping them train on the glacier, so the, the biggest glacier in Iceland. And it was just a, such a foreign landscape. Like, it's, you know, it, it, there's nothing on the horizon. But the time that we, we drove onto the, onto the glacier, it was a, a huge blizzard and you couldn't see more than a metre in front of you. And we had to use um, the GPS to be able to manage to go to the location where we we're going to set up camp. And I had to stay in the car because it was too, too severe to go outside of the car. And I spent six hours in a, in a truck with an Icelandic uh, expedition guide who fed me dried fish, sheep's brain pate, chewing tobacco. I think he was just trying to test me to see whether I would break. He was just, he was just bored. He probably had sandwiches in the back. But then when the, you know, the, the opportunity arose, we pitched the tents and we got some, you know, got some sleep. And then the next morning I woke up and I stepped out onto this glacier and it was just blue sky and white and nothing else around me, 360 degrees. It was just this incredible line of white. And that was just a, a remarkable, a remarkable moment. 
and I still, I'm, I'm still chasing the Northern Lights in, in Iceland. I've, every time I've been, I've missed it by a day. The last time I went, I spent six hours on a boat and I dragged my wife to six hours on a boat trying to see the Northern Lights and you couldn't see it by eye. You could see it by long exposure on a camera. And then the day that we got home, a friend of ours contacted us from who, who stayed in Iceland an extra day and said that the, the Northern Lights were so bright that they could have turned off the street lights and I missed it by a day. So I'm, des- I'm desperate to go back to see these Northern Lights. I'm fuming for you, to be honest, because I've been to... I've been to parts of Norway and, you know, northern parts of Canada where you can see the northern lights and I've downloaded apps and I've been obsessed with trying to find the northern lights, been chasing it. And I was just about to say, when you saw Iceland, I was like, oh, I bet he's, I bet he's seen them. But, uh, but it sounds like we're both chasing the same thing and still haven't managed to. Yeah, I'm, I'm, com- I'm committed to it too. Like, you know, um, but there's, I mean, it's, as a place, it's pretty remarkable. Like you can be in one landscape, which is almost like Mars. And then there's steam pockets coming up from somewhere, and then you're on these amazing like mountains and hills, and then glaciers, and then harbors and you know, greenery and geysers. I mean, there's so much to see. It really is a, a lovely place. So yeah, yeah, that's my favorite destination to go to. It's uh, it's definitely up there on my bucket list, and I'm I'm super jealous of ninety percent of what you said there. Probably not jealous of the sheep's brains though. Yeah, that was. I had to commit. I had to commit. <laughs> I love that. You, you're like, mm, is he testing me? I don't know. But if he is, I'm going to pass this test and I'm going to eat everything he throws at me. Every now and then in that in that truck, I just I just had to get out and just so basically put on anything warm that I could. And I can only last maybe about 15 minutes out in the snow. And then I got back in and you almost had like another bush tucker trial for me to, to get into. Like he was definitely having fun. This episode is in partnership with Atu France and Paris Convention Bureau an essential destination for the organisation of events, thanks to its expertise and its exceptional choice of venues. Paris is always increasing its projects to further enrich its events hosting offering and to allow visitors to live a renewed experience, all the while supporting ecological transition with one objective, becoming the first all-sustainable event destination in the world. The next story I'd like to hear from is your most memorable hotel experience. So I've got I've got two. One which is memorable because it was just amazing. So my honeymoon, I went to a hotel in Santorini. Food was outstanding. Service was outstanding. The location was just incredible. But my most memorable hotel experience was definitely when I went to a hotel in Tunisia near Carthage. And I like to, when I start a holiday or have a bit of a break, is to go to have a spa treatment, you know, unwind, de-stress, have a bit of a massage, just shake it all off and be, just get right in the mode um, for the holiday. So I organised a spa treatment at this hotel and I rocked up for my, for my full body massage and I was presented with a, a guy who was easily six foot six. I'm six foot four, so he was enormous, the hairiest man I've ever met and just, just an absolute, it was like a rugby player. It was like seeing a rugby player. And 50% of me was like, this is fantastic because I'm going to get a really good massage. There's no knots after this. But then the other 50% of me was a little bit scared that he was just going to fold me like origami. Like it was really, really scary. It was the worst experience I've had from a massage, like in terms of that sort of spa treatment. First of all, there was enough oil poured on me that you could have fried chips on my back. Like it was just, <laughs> I was sliding off the table. It was just, it was just ridiculous. And then halfway through... You know, there was no ambiance, there was no sound, and he obviously just sort of realised that something wasn't right. So he hit, hit play, he hit play on a CD player, and it was the Titanic soundtrack. Oh my god! And um, you know, and I just played the Titanic soundtrack, these different songs, and then we sort of got to this part where he was Celine Dion's in the background, 
and he's massaging his huge hairy Cumberland sausage fingers through my hands, stretching my arms out. <laughs> and like Celine Dion's playing. And it was like that scene from Titanic. And all I could think of was just don't let go, Jack. And I just couldn't help but laugh. A horizontal was, version of the Titanic. That's hilarious. It was, exa- it was exactly that. And so maybe it's not my most memorable. Maybe I think I've got PTSD. That's what, <laughs> I think that's what it is. The, the, the way you painted that picture is, is, is beautiful and scary at the same time. I'm, I'm picturing an absolute monster, super hairy. You oiled up in the equivalent of chip fat and, and then having a romantic Titanic moment to Celine Dion. I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful memory. It, it is, a, yeah. It took, it took forever to get all that oil off as well. I think it was just like canola oil. Like it wasn't even like massage oil. It was just like, let's just cook him, you know. Was, was this definitely part of the hotel? Did you go down the wrong, wrong yeah, corridor? Yeah, no, this was definitely part of the hotel because uh, one of the, my friends who I was with had a different, a completely different person and said, oh, that was amazing. What are you talking about? I'm just rocking backwards and forwards in the corner. Like just, man, you don't know, man. You went there. <laughs> Well, chip fat seems to lead quite nicely into uh, the next kind of memorable experience I'd like to hear from you, and that's around food. So um, I had a great, uh, I've got two here. One's a food experience, one's a drink experience. The first one, the food experience, I went to a a great restaurant in Copenhagen. It was called Ostergro, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. And it was like an urban farm that sits on top of a car park. And all the ingredients that they prepare for you in this small little greenhouse is actually grown directly on the top of this urban farm. And it's all organic and it's all, you know, natural and all that sort of stuff. And they actually pick the ingredients directly from the garden that day. So you don't know what the menu is going to be. And you sit in these lovely sort of, uh, sort of benches and you have this, this amazing fresh uh, vegetarian sort of meal. I'm not, I'm not vegetarian, but this is what blew me away. The carrots were the best carrots I've ever eaten in my life. And it's all on top of this car park in the middle of Copenhagen. So... That was an outstanding meal. From a drink perspective, I have done a lot of work with whiskey brands in, in the past, and we held an event in, um, in Edinburgh, in the Edinburgh Castle, and I watched the sun go down from the top of Edinburgh Castle with a very, very rare whiskey, and it was just the most Scottish thing I've ever done. And that was just... just I think the thing with the really good sort of food or that sort of that memorable food moments, is it's all about the other, the other elements that sort of come into play, like the ambiance, where you are, who you're with... Because you can have a Michelin star meal, but if you're eating it on the tube, it's not going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all about all the other elements that sort of make it that's something, that's something special. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. If you're a big whiskey drinker and, you know, you're in arguably the home of whiskey and you're looking at the sunset, it's, it's all the right ingredients, right? Yeah, it was, it was just really special. Yeah, with some great people as well. And I'm a big whiskey drinker anyway. So just, you know, just having all that sort of moment sort of coming together. So it sounds like some of your experiences are very dreamy uh, as is, but uh, the next part of RSVP is the V, and it's an opportunity for you to paint some visions of your dream event. You know, let your imagination run wild. Don't be limited by budget or even reality. You know, your role is head of creative, so I'm excited for your answer to this. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. I did have a little bit of a think about this one. I'm not sure whether you've seen the latest Spider-Man film. Yes. Okay. So there's, there's a thing in Spider-Man films and Doctor Strange and some of the Marvel films, which is called a sling ring, which allows you to open a portal to a different location. And I really like that idea. And my idea for an event would be about this sort of portal sort of idea. And the name of it could be something like Eight Wonders of the World or something like that, for example. And the idea is, is that, you know, you, you meet your host and they would sling ring open or open a portal and you'd step into paddle boarding on the Amazon. 
and you'd do that for an hour and then you'd sling ring and open the portal again and you'd be having canapes on the Sphinx and then you'd be having sushi in Tokyo and then Manhattan's in New York and whatever the next location is. And it's just all these incredible highs but with none of the lows of commute and travel and transfers and all that sort of stuff. It's just one incredible experience directly after each other again and again and again. And then it could finish by just the most perfect ending where you just portals directly back into your living room where you just sit directly on your couch and they hand you some slippers and say, thanks very much, you know, it's been a pleasure. And then, I don't know, you just stare at the ceiling and just try and comprehend what you've just experienced, you know. So it's all the peaks and no, and no troughs. And there's, it could be different every single time you go for every different person. It could be, you could be in the Andes at one point. You could be anywhere. So that's, that's really quite cool. Do you know what? I love that for so many reasons. One, I'm a big Marvel fan, massive fan of the new Spider-Man film. Um, but two, I th- the concept itself, like all the peaks without any of the troughs and not having to worry about the transport, the the exhaustion of going from destination to destination. You know, multi-destination incentives are great, but it's it's that middle bit that can kind of really detract from from this once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah, completely. And that's what, that's the, that was the idea. And I think there's things that, you know, we're getting there maybe a little bit with with the possibilities of the metaverse, you know, you can just just transition from one virtual experience to another sort of virtual meta experience and that sort of stuff. But I mean, you just can't beat being in the place sometimes, you know. Imagine just opening a portal and standing on top of Everest for, for 10 minutes and freezing a little bit and going, you know what, feel like something warm and open up a portal and go to Bondi for a bit. Just the idea of, of having that, you don't know where you're going to next. That excitement factor is really sort of um, quite interesting as well. It's from, from metaverse to multiverse, you know, it's... It works. I like what you did there. I like what you did there. No, yeah. I like what you did there. That's very good. <laughs> the, uh, the final part of RSVP is the pains and people write in anonymously and they share their pains and um, it's an opportunity for you to react to what people have written in. This one, I'm going to pre-warn you, it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. And um, yeah, just, just, just buckle in, really. Um, this okay. is... This, I, I love this part of I love this part of the podcast. I love the anonymous confessions, and I tell you, if they weren't anonymous, we wouldn't get half, half, anywhere near the level of content that we that we do get. So, thank you for all those that do contribute. Um, but this one, this one made me question whether I should even put it in. Uh, but hey, let's go for it. I'm 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 salivating at the thought of this one now. This is great, dear Callum. The other day I was slumped on the sofa after a heavy session of squats at the gym. I switched on the TV and something funny came on that was relevant to a client of mine, so I took a picture and I sent it to them. This is because, I would say, our relationship isn't just professional, I would also consider them a friend too. However, regardless of our friendship, a line was very clearly crossed. It wasn't that our sense of humours weren't aligned, nor was it that the TV show didn't resonate. The issue was that I sent the wrong picture. (laughs) Earlier that day in the gym, I had felt a sore pain in my derriere. I couldn't see anything in the mirror, so I took a picture for closer inspection. And it was this photo that I accidentally sent to my client. Luckily, it was so close up that it wasn't clear what they were seeing. In fact, their initial reaction was confusion, so much so they held the phone closer to their eye in an effort to decipher what they were seeing. They thought it was a fluffy donut. I deleted the picture from the chat as soon as I realised what had happened. Admittedly, this took longer than I would have liked. And as soon as the image disappeared, the penny dropped for them and they realised what they had just seen. Fortunately, despite my utter horror... 
they had a sense of humour about it all and I have not lost their business. However, I haven't been able to live it down since and frequently received donut banter from them. Look, I mean, it's unfortunate, but ultimately it could have been a worse pick. It could have been a worse comment. It could have been something else. I, I, I think that um, is natural to, to build a relationship with your clients and always make sure that they're dictating the terms of what's acceptable. So if they're sending you some pictures, yeah. um, if they're sending you some messages, then you know, you, then you reciprocate. But don't be the first one into that chat with, with some elements. And Do you know what? It's not, you know, the first, that- it's not the first confession we've had similar to this, but it was, I think, the previous one a couple of seasons ago maybe was it was internal and someone had accidentally sent a video that was meant for their boyfriend to their boss. And that, I think, is a lot... Well, I don't know, because clients clients versus internally, that's that's the difficulty, right? It's slightly different, yeah. There's a, there's a level of respect that you need to maintain with your clients at all times. And um, that that does get blurred a little bit because you, you are in the trenches with them with events and experiences and um, different projects that you work on. But you do have to sort of maintain that that, that hierarchy at all sort of times. But they're also human as well. So, you know, hopefully the relationship between these two has laughed off. And I think the penance is the fact that they keep getting the donut chat back at them. You, yeah. know, you know, you made the mistake. They're never going to let you live it down. And that's just the, that's the way the cookie crumbles. It could have been worse. I mean, when you said, you know, taking photos, I thought it could have been absolutely terrible. We've had similar sort of things with my, my sister-in-law sent a photo to the family group chat as opposed to her boyfriend you know, similar sort of scenario, yeah. which um, didn't realise and then made the mistake of not deleting for everyone, just deleting for oh, themselves. Oh, no. Which then you don't have any control to be able to delete it again. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's the worst scenario. Delete just for me, not delete for everyone. And you've condemned yourself to an eternity of pain. Then you've got, then you got no, no, nothing, to do, no, nothing that you can do from there, really, yeah. Um, I feel for this person. but In a weird the, way, the, I feel like it may have strengthened their relationship. I agree. I was just about to say, I think so too. I think there's a, there's a bond there now. You know, they've got the, the, got the donut banter. Yeah. Um, and they'll never take, well, you know, they'll always be there. So it is, it is an interesting thing though, isn't it? I feel like more and more now, they do blur the lines in terms of like client communication or, or any kind of professional communication is happening more and more on WhatsApp and the likes, you know, even sometimes... You know, I'm having professional conversations in my Instagram DMs occasionally where people are saying, oh, we'd love to invite you to this or talk to you about this or something like that. And and LinkedIn and I think social media and instant messaging and phones in general have kind of really blurred that line anyway, um, regardless of your relationship. Yeah, we're trying to identify what those communication channels the client wants or feel comfortable comfortable with from the outset and then we sort of communicate the way some of our clients like to chat across whatsapp and then we're just very very clear with the title of the whatsapp client x you know communications um and then we have group chats and google i mean it is a it's, it's a good thing and it's also a bad thing there's too many avenues and also you know things can get lost in the mix as well sometimes like yeah. you know um, and it's hard to set an out of office on your whatsapp it, it is it is but i mean that's the, that's also a benefit as well a lot of our projects don't sit within nine to five mm. you know they're out of hours and you know sometimes you don't have access to your emails and or you know, WhatsApp is just right there, so it does work. But yeah, there almost needs to be like a handbrake on sending pictures, like another another alert that's saying, "Are you sure? Are you really sure? Are you really, really sure?" And it could be just a setting that you put on this client group chat, just yeah, like yeah. Ex- extra extra authentication. That's such a good point, actually. There should be kind of like a, an extra an option where you can just say maybe disable pictures, or, or you know, you have to manually kind of push it through in order. You know, if you want to share a meme or a GIF. 
that's fine. But uh, from your camera roll, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You sure about this? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, thank you so much. Your your memories have been incredible. Your your dream event, I, I absolutely loved. And um, I'm, I'm waiting for the day that technology catches up with uh, the Marvel Universe and, and sling rings maybe potentially become a real thing. And do you know what? Some, some solid advice there for anybody uh, looking to WhatsApp their clients uh, from, from their home sofa. So uh, thank you so much, Simon. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for your time. <laughs>